We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski here on this Monday, February the 20th. Hope you all had a great uh, weekend. It's President's Day today. Who's your favorite president, Tyler? My favorite president? Your favorite president. Based on what qualifications? Anything. Just the like guy I, you like, for whatever I like reason. John F. Kennedy because I've studied him a bunch over time. But that doesn't mean that I would like him now if he was our president. I just have a, a fascination on John F. Kennedy. I went down the Kennedy thing for a few minutes this afternoon. So there was a question in my mailbag about Kennedy or it's on the board or something. And I looked something up and I'm like, oh, stop. You don't have time for this today. I got tags. I actually text him. Uh, we need to get David Beatty on the show. Oh, that'd be good. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I text him today. We, we text back and forth yesterday um, about some XFL stuff. And... Um, or was it Saturday? I don't remember. Anyway, I'm going to see if I can get him on the show. It is uh, it's fascinating. We did we had him on our show and uh, when we did home visit, <clears throat> and so somebody had tagged me on something. So I, I his I father was a Dallas police officer. Father was a Dallas police officer. Okay. Was um, in the picture when Lee Harvey Oswald gets shot. He was actually in the picture. Okay, he was right behind him. So it's a uh, he's got a good stories, good stories, like real shit. So. Yeah, I've, I've we talked about it, I guess right when we first started the show in the summer, mm -hmm. I went to Dallas for the UFC pay per view. Yeah, and got to go the first time ever getting to go to um, Daily Plaza and seeing everything. That was very eye opening. So we'll get David on here and reminisce. You're firmly in the there was a conspiracy. If you camp. if anyone that at this point in time after being there, mm -hmm. if you tell me that there wasn't a conspiracy, I feel like you're patronizing me after being there. I think there's just, I mean, dude, I, I'm, especially in the world that we're in now, we're of finding course. out all kinds of stuff, of course. right? There's no way 
that it wasn't a conspiracy, in my opinion. And that's my opinion, that I'll buy you a cup of coffee the next time you come by. So he was, he was killed on Elm. They turned off of Houston onto yep. Elm. Is that correct? Yes. And if you're in that upstairs in that, in that building, I can't believe we're starting here, but it is what it is. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's all mo- these years it's later. Monday, February the 20th. If you were a lone gunman, and I used to be a lone gunman guy, but these last few years have completely changed everything I think about everything. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've got a president today, today, this day, in Ukraine promising $50 billion worth of stuff. And meanwhile, we got, we can't figure out how the hell we're going to, we're in, not, anyway. <laughs> If you're a lone hey, you gunman. You can't do this, and I go home and get it from my wife. I can only get it from one of the two of you. So if y'all can talk and figure out which one's going to give it to me every day, then I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm going to let her give it to you, okay? I mean, She's off work today, too. She may be listening. One of y'all two have to hit me with all the I mean, Aaron, government. that's going to be your department. <laughs> God Set bless you. Set myself up for that one. That's how you walk I mean, into one right there. Yeah. But if you're, the lo- if you're a lone gunman and you're wanting to kill someone in a motorcade, that day, the shot is Dude, straight ahead on Houston. Like, I, I literally was in the window next. They won't let you get to the window because they got it they got it uh, glassed off or whatever. Partitioned, yeah. I mean, it's a full glass. You can see yeah, in there. You can see but you're, sure. you can stand in the very next window. Right. Zero percent chance. And if he was the lone gunman, that he doesn't take that shot when he's basically the way, if you've been deer hunting, you would understand. But if, if it's coming right at you, you, you you never have to change from a scope perspective. It's an easy shot. When and then it's he going turns on to Elm, and now you've got a tree in the but way. But it's the angle and too, the right? The angle's funky. So you're when you're standing in the when you're standing in the actual window, yeah. you're looking. It's a very straight shot, like you mm-hmm. don't have to move. When he comes down, the closer he gets to you, it's almost a dead downward angle going, and you have to pick it up going away, which would lead to a missed shot, right? Right. And it's just it makes no sense why he would why he would. Unless there, was was a, him, unless there was a kill right. zone. If he was by himself, it makes right. no sense why he wouldn't do it coming up to, up there after you see it. And you hear about it. I mean, all these years you hear about it you read about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But until you see it, I'm a visual guy. But when you actually see it, it it's very pronounced, the angle difference and the side yeah. angles and things like that. And the tree's obviously grown up since now. Sure. Um, <clears throat> the way it is currently, you can't even see the X. From it, that from spot. The, from that spot. Right. Now, trees grow, yada, 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 get all that. And the other most interesting thing is how the, uh, for me there was the grassy knoll. You know, they said there was a shooter on a grassy knoll. There is a permanent structure, like, that's been there since the shooting, right? To the left of it, it's like a little memorial-looking thing now, but it's it was there. The X clears a concrete barrier that was there then. As soon as it clears, the X in the road where it gets hit is right when it clears from the grassy knoll. Like, you couldn't even get there. It's like too perfect of timing, and it's just when you see all the visuals, you you feel like you're being patronized if you're told anything else. So, all right, you ready to like do a real podcast? And yeah. Show? Well, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. Rain's like, what are we doing? Uh, Three hundred <laughs> milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to uh, push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I've got the uh, white gummy bear today. I went back to the tropical storm. You did. You did. I, I cheated feel, on you a little bit. I feel cheated. <laughs> I gave you the white gummy bear. I feel bear. unloved. Um, I, I love this thing. 
just love it. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I had so uh, also. I'm in need of energy today. I'm not going to lie. I need the caffeine. I don't want too much caffeine because I need to sleep tonight. But at the same time. You'll go get it out, working out. Um, so one of my buddies, uh, I did have a little minor update. One of my buddies lives in Atlanta. So we look up this, you remember this print, print your places, print my places.com thing. We talked about getting yeah. scammed over Valentine's day. Yep. He went to the address. The address is in a, uh, shopping center next to like the Kroger he goes and shops at. Uh-huh. And it's like completely <laughs> white paper over, no. over the, like, you know how you have like little stores sure. in the shopping center. There's nothing there. It's got a four lease sign, the whole deal. So, yeah. And he got him some rain while he was there. Sent me some pictures. That's good. So, Paul, what's up, brother? He's one of my buddies. All right. We're going to get to a bunch of stuff that I, I want to get to. I'm, I'm super excited to hear your thoughts on the, the proposed rules changes in uh, college football. You wanted to talk about Todd Munkin to the Ravens. We, I'm, yeah, I'm well, assuming Todd Munkin is a I'm getting out of the college game back into the pro game. Yeah. I mean, and it's a, it's a chance. It's, it's really a smart move by Baltimore a little bit. I knew they were going that direction, but they want to get, I mean, it's evidently getting a little more out of Lamar if, if they're going to keep him and pay for him um, to get, because in the NFL, you don't run college schemes in the NFL very often. Right. And when you run a lot of quarterback runs and things like that, you get hammered. So I think they're going to try to do some things there, but uh, him leaving that, and then that wasn't, we knew that was kind of after that second interview. I think it was last Monday. Maybe we were in here or Thursday, whenever that was. Yeah. He had on his second interview. And they elevated Mike Bobo. Uh, a lot of Georgia fans and, and unrest about that. But Mike Bobo is a good football coach. But he's just going to be coaching Georgia. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do schematically. But when you talk about scheme, when people go, oh, well, he wasn't a good coach. Well, he wasn't a good coach at Auburn when he didn't have the players to run his system. You know, he did great at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Then he goes back to Georgia or whatever. They gets fired because he can't win enough games out there, the head coach mode. But – Look, he's a he is a uh, he's a good football coach, and when you got already got a head coach that wants to run pro style, dude, and we'll talk about it a little bit with these rule changes, dude. Uh, Kirby's probably ahead of the curve on this one. Okay, Kirby's gonna be ahead of a curve, but Mike Bobo is a hell of a coach, great guy. Um, have known him all the way back to when I was at St. Paul's and he was at Georgia as the OC back then with uh, um, what was the coach at? Golly. Um, at Georgia, Mark Rick, and um, just a good dude, man. Um, also, a little college news upkeeping. Never saw this on social media. Had no idea. I was like this morning years old. Kevin Sumlin. Oh, Mar- yeah, this happened last week. Never saw it. Really? I don't know where I was, but Kevin Sumlin left the uh, Houston Gamblers. Or the, he was the head coach of the USFL team. He's going to be the tight ends coach. Tight ends coach and co-offensive coordinator because Lox calls the plays. Mike Loxley calls the plays. So he's going to be um, co-OC there at Maryland. He's a good recruiter, right, someone? Yeah, he's a he's a good ball coach. Again, same deal, right, is you're, not, you're no longer – you're only – this is the part that's frustrating a little bit from as a coach's perspective. <clears throat> so many coaches get labeled good or bad coaches based on what kind of players they have. Right. I've known coaches that mean people think, oh, that guy's a great coach. Well, no, he's just had really good players as opposed to this guy is a shitty ball coach. Well, no, he didn't have any players, you know, and you get somewhere and you don't have enough time to get your players in there. So we don't even know if you can recruit or not. Right. I mean, it's amazing. 
I mean, let's look at let's look at Ole Miss for example. Do you know like this year, this year is going to be the longest Lane Kiffin's ever been somewhere as a head coach. Right. So now he's going to start doing it with his own players. This is a whole. I mean, this guy's forty-eight years old. However old he is, forty-seven. It's first time you're you're going to be able to realize if he can actually build a team or not. I mean, never been anywhere. Right. So, you know that 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 takes a big, big role in whether you somebody's a good football coach or not. But he's a good football coach. He'll do great things there. The interesting move for me was leaving the head coach of a USFL team to go, unless just the money was that stupid. I would assume the money was pretty interesting. You're you're a big Mike Loxley guy. You you're you're big I'm a on big him. Mike Loxley guy. Yeah, I know you are. Big Mike Loxley guy. I think he's uh, um if he were to get in a position to where he could go recruit with the against the elite, he's been hurt a little bit by the logo right now. He's still doing a great job, but if he were to get a big time job they would do big-time things. I think he's uh, – because he recruits his ass off, very organized. Um, you know, I've met with their staff. Extremely organized, very, very impressed with what they do um, from a recruiting standpoint. All right, rules changes. We doing it? Yeah, let's go there because I think it's what people really want to get your thoughts on. Uh, Chase and I talked about it this morning. He Chase got worked up about it a little bit more than I did. Um, you can get worked up about it real quick. Yeah. I mean, um, I did get a chance, like I told you, to listen this morning. Um, I'm on Team Chase here. Okay. And I admit, and this is a flaw of mine, that I have a hard time viewing things. I don't have a college football team, okay? So I don't view things from a fan perspective. And so I, often I view it from a – I'm in the press box, and the faster we get out of there, the better. Yep. Mode And so when you tell me there's ways to speed the game up and take 45 minutes off, I'm like, sign me up. Um, so that's part of my deal. That being said, I can tell you, and you know this, we've talked about this, the college game's too long. It's too long. It's 20-some-odd minutes longer than an NFL game, and it's too long. It's longer depending on what network you're on. The CBS game of the week CBS is stupid. hammers you with TV timeouts. It's stupid. So – but we're not talking about how to eliminate TV timeouts. We're talking about how to eliminate plays. Yep. And so they're talking about uh, – I don't have it in front of me, but let's see. It's it's the um, eliminate the free down on, on at the end of first and third quarters, okay. which is fine, whatever. Sure. We're, that, that doesn't happen that doesn't, very often. I mean, three times a year. Uh, the big ones are uh, keeping the clock moving on first down Correct. until the final two minutes of, of the half, Correct. each half. And then the the one that was like, whoa, when I saw it was on incomplete passes, as soon as the official spots the ball, start the clock. See, this is one right here. Look, I don't think it was an accident that this got floated out to Ross Dellinger. Of course not. Okay, because the people making up this rule, and, and look, uh, is Phillips from the ACC, what's his first name? The ACC it's like Joe, Joe Dan or something. He's done. I don't know. I want to give the guy a look. I know we hit him. We hate him. The guy's actually trying to be productive and doing a really good job as far as trying to get shit done. But if you look at who was on this committee or whatever to get things done, I mean, it ain't nobody playing coaching football on that thing, man. It's all like whoever, right? Commissioners and presidents and all this stuff, right? AD, couple ADs. They're floating them out there because people like Nick Saban – Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, um, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin to an extent, 
um, Jim Harbaugh, they haven't had their say-so in this. So they flood all these rules, and here's what I think will happen. Look, this isn't, Nick's going to get involved, Kirby will get involved, you know, Lane will get involved. You'll have, you know, Lincoln Riley get involved. They're going to get all these coaches involved because they talked about it at the AFCA convention. I don't know if that was mentioned in the article, but they talked about this at the AFCA convention. What we're going to get to, and they should, is an NFL model. Yes. And the NFL model is everything they just said, with the exception of the clock not stopping after an incomplete pass. That is single-handedly the dumbest shit that you could ever come up with in putting a football rule in place. It would speed the game up. Oh, it would do that. But think about this. I want you to think about this. How stupid is this? Hey, we got a lead right here. Now, this is what we're going to do. All right? And in the clock, you know, hey, look, we're going to start spiking the ball because we don't want to hand the ball off in case of a fumble. We'll just spike it so the ball will be right here. We'll spike it and hand it to the official and let him spot the ball real quick. I mean, there's so many inner – I mean, there's no stopping the clock on – you know, if you're trying to stop the clock at the end of the game. There's there's so much stupid shit involved in running have, the clock after an, not after an incomplete pass. I have a question. Go ahead. I've asked you this before, but I'm asking it here. Yep. I watch a lot of NFL. Yep. The one thing that the NFL has down to an absolute science is time of game. It's amazing how it gets close to that three-hour mark, isn't it? They have it – average like 310 yeah they start a game at noon it's over at 310 they have some games that kick off at 305 they kick off a couple of games at 325 then they kick off a game at a little after seven and then they do monday night they do thursday night the nfl has they figured it out they have they got windows at the end of the game for red zone people right where you're just oh just you know all the games are coming to an end you can watch them it's great Everything kind of ends at roughly the same time, unless you have overtime or whatever. Why not just take their clock rules and copy them? A hundred percent. Just I'm, emulate it's, them. It's simple. And here's and just so the people that don't know, NFL is a little bit different. All right, the game does stop on an incomplete pass. Okay, it does. It does. All right. <clears throat> but if you run out of bounds and all that stuff, the clock will start and they say ready for play, but dude, NFL starts a little bit quicker than ready yeah. to play. Yeah. I mean, you may have two or three seconds, and they don't have the ball quite spotted yet. And what they call the NFL has determined what ready for play is, is instead of spotting the ball, meaning ready for play, when they spot it with their foot. So when they run out of bounds and they put their foot down, yeah, it starts, not when the ball gets set. All right. <clears throat> but well, that's fine. And that's and that's great. But you can't and it gets done and and then in the last in the NFL, it's the last two minutes of the first half and last five minutes of the fourth quarter, okay, that they stop the – like if you run out of bounds, they'll stop the clock. Okay, so it's the last five minutes of the second half, basically, fourth quarter. Okay. It's the last two minutes of the first half, which is fine. Go to that. But there's no coach on Amer- in America that's going to vote for these rules. And there was a lot – I read the article. There was a lot of talk that said, hey, it's going to create super up-tempo offenses. You're talking about changing the game now? And this is what I was talking about with Kirby maybe ahead of his – ahead of his time, what this is going to do is you're going to turn the college game into an NFL game, which we're all good about that. Cool. It's the best best product on the planet. But it's going to limit the number of possessions. And these up-tempo offenses that try to go tempo all the time, which is a lot of them, okay, they bank on possessions. Like Tennessee, for example. They're banking on 15, 16, 17 possessions that we can score seven times out of 16 possessions. Right. NFL now, ooh, it's a whole slower roll. We're going to have about eight to nine possessions. 
And so you go take a tempo offense out here with these clock with the clock rules, and you're gonna have to be a little more purposeful in your play calls. You can't go out there and just hey, we'll spit it out there and try to get the clock running, get them get them tired, because that's not gonna happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And so if you look at at points per possession, that's gonna be the stat that you're gonna want to look at, because if you're if you're out there getting, you know, going three and out twice in one half, you're gonna get your ass ran out of ran out of dodge real quick. And so I think it's actually gonna slow the tempo of the offenses down a little bit. You know, in that article, they made the argument they were trying to go hyper fast. I disagree. I think it's going to be the opposite because you don't see hyper fast offenses in the NFL Mm-mm. for two reasons. One, because you don't have enough people, but that's that's still the same problem in college is you really don't play that many people. Right. Right. So you don't, if you get the ball ran in your throat one drive with these clock rules, dude, you're, you're, uh, you're going to be looking up getting two or three possessions a half. Like you can get taken out of a game. Well, what was the game in the playoffs when, uh, was it the other well, the Eagles? I mean, the Chiefs had the ball at three plays or something in the first quarter, and they were doing great. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, the game shortens. And so I think it's going to change the style of play um, from tempo offenses. I can tell you this when they go to this, I'm going to be hammering unders at the, at the start of the year. But you think this will happen? I think, in my Everything opinion. Everything but the incomplete pass. I thing. think they will go to the NFL model. I think that's what the compromise I think they're, they're floating this to get it out there. They're going to be people that actually have something to say besides me that have stroke and are going to take that and use it as a negotiating tool with, Hey, look, let's just go to the NFL model because basically what about halftime? I think it can be, um, because right now the college halftime is 20 minutes. The NFL halftime is 12 minutes. Now the NFL doesn't have marching bands. NFL is 13 minutes, 13 minutes with no marching bands. Right. Um, I I thought it was 12, but maybe uh, it's 13. Yeah. Whatever. So the only kickback that you'll have with that is the NFL, the, the locker rooms are right there. And a lot of, again, not in the SEC, Ole Miss used to have the problem when we were here the first time. We used to have to walk freaking three minutes down the damn tunnel to get the locker room. But um, they now have a halftime locker room. Um, but a lot of places logistically, like ULL, okay? ULL, man, you got to walk up a freaking tunnel. You got to walk around another building. I mean, it's it's a a journey to get to your locker room. So I don't know how that would work as far as, but that's definitely seven minutes off of a game, seven, eight minutes off a game. That's different. Um, and it's about, again, SEC, I think you'd be fine. I'm, I'm trying to think in my head. I don't think we had long walks in SEC, but in the Sun Belt, you got some, Yeah, you got to hoof a little bit. Like if you go to Georgia Southern, they're right, right outside the visiting locker rooms right next to the gate. Um, like I said, ULL's a hoof. You know, there, there's some places that, that it would take a ULM. A the problem at ULM is it's just so damn scenic that you want to stop whenever you have an opportunity and just look around at how beautiful it is. ULM, they basically separate the two halls by a divider. You go underneath the home stands. So, the beautiful home The stands. beautiful home stands. Yeah, I'm just, when you're at Malone Stadium, you're like, this is just picturesque. 54. Uh, but I, I think that uh, uh, Drew says he disagrees the more possessions, the more better a team has a chance to insert a will. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's the whole point of tempo offenses is to create more possessions. But my point is this, is a lot of those, if you watch the tempo, a lot of those teams, when they spit out the, the bubble screens, like I'll tell you how I taught the screens, okay? You, you spit a ball out on RPO to a screen – I told them the first four yards are mine. Okay, we landmark one yard off the one yard off the sideline, basically where the hash tick is, four yards down the field. We're running in a straight line to that. Okay, once you get four yards, which is what you want to run, you're going to put your foot in the ground and blow it up. 
Okay, so you see Tennessee throws this thing, you know, Oklahoma Levy throws this thing 15 times a game. Well, you get knocked out of bounds. Okay, well, then we're, we're waiting, we're doing this, then we're, we're spitting the ball over there, we're waiting to the – I mean, there's 10, 15 seconds of play on those deals in college right now that, oh, are, that you yeah. gain back on the clock with this rule, right? It would shorten the game. And so you're shortening plays. My point is this, is that while you may be doing that, if somebody on the other side takes care of the clock, they're going to shorten the possessions in the game very quickly. Right. And now you're going to have a lot more par- – when I say parity – the parity is going to be lower scoring games. You're still going to get beat, but you're not going. To, you wouldn't see no seventy to nothing games anymore. That that would go away. I'm for that. Look, in one hand they say, "Hey, we we need to take care of the players. We're going to add starting in 2024. We're going to add playoff games, which everybody's for. But that means that some teams are going to play. So if you play 12 games, you play a conference title game. That's 13, and then you make it all the way. That's three more. It's it's, it's 16 games. So if you shave some plays off every week, well, you over the course of a year would shave a game off, which is good from a health standpoint. Correct. Um, if you play, I tell you, I tell you, who won't argue with this one is you know, like Lane doesn't play very many players, right? Right. I mean, it'd it fit if you don't play a lot of players, and it'll make a better game because you're you don't have to go into your depth as much. You know what I'm saying? Like you can use. You can use fewer plays. You can use other your starters more and get a bigger percentage of the game and actually make a better quality game because you don't have to use that depth as much. How many fourth or fifth receivers do you see playing on Sundays? It's very rare. Right. I mean, they get a little little action, but they're mostly there for special teams and whatnot. Exactly. Now you can take those guys, instead of getting them 20, 30 plays at wide receiver, you can go get them 20, 30 plays on special teams. I think you just make the whole game better by doing it. I'm in agreement with it. Let's do it, but let's do it the NFL rules. Let's do get away with this stupid shit. Who, I want to know who came up with that. I would like to know who was sat in the back room and said, hey, I got a great idea. We're trying to shorten the game. Let's run the clock after incomplete passes. Like, I want to know who thought that was a great idea. I would, I'm, I'm, I'm generally curious. It would shorten the game. Well, there's no shit. <laughs> It'd be like, I mean, it's like a, a Sanford and Sons show, man. It'd be like a 62-minute game. I mean, so what would stop the clock? Nothing. Pretty much nothing would stop the clock. It'd be, you'd be in a running clock. Well, it would make every possession precious. Oh, dude, you have like two possessions. Like, this is the dumbest shit. I mean. It'd be like, hey, look, you got two possessions in the first half. I mean, get a first down and just chill. It would. I tell you, the other thing it would make you do, it would make timeout management be paramount. Well, just think about this. Every first down you get, you can run two minutes and 40 seconds off the clock. Right. Okay? Yep. So, is it unusual, I'm asking you, right in today's game, you have a shitty day if you get like 15, 15 first downs. Right. Like 30 first downs is like, man, you, you move the ball today. Well, that's sixty. That's sixty something minutes. Yeah, like because the clock is not stopping on incomplete passes. So it's not like on on hey on first and ten we throw an incomplete pass. Here it comes. No, you'd be a quick game. It's running. I mean, that, that would be a two and a you you could get some football games in under two and a half hours with that. Neil, I swear to you, you could get a game inside two hours doing that without without any problem. So if we would move kick, just hear me out. If we moved the kickoffs up to like 10 a.m. and put these rules in, I'd be done, I'd, I'd be done by I'd be done with my riding by like two. I'd have Saturday afternoon totally free. I mean, but again, <laughs> that goes to my whole point. Who sat there and went, you know what? 
if we go running clock after incomplete passes, that'd be a great product. I mean, who wants to watch fucking two series of offense on? I mean, you get four drives a game. Go get them, kiddo. I would like to know like what the conversation was. And I wonder if, and I can't help but wonder if, let's put in something kind of absurd at the end so that the other stuff gets like, all right, well, we'll do I'm this pretty other stuff. Sh- they ha- like, I want at least tell me that. Like, just call me up. I won't say anything. Say, hey, it's look, set up a hey, compromise. Hey, hey, we're just saying this to get everybody pissed off, and so we'll get a compromise what we want. I'd be like, man, you're smart. If there's any other answer that comes from your mouth, you should immediately be taken off every single committee that you're on because that's the dumbest fucking rule that I've ever heard in my life. I bet it's that. I mean, it has to be, right? In the event that this passes, here's a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be <laughs> tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with the challenge in life, but there's no way. When you learn how to find your own solution, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. Um, I've used therapy as a way to handle stress, clear negative thoughts, mentally relax a little. It was a life changer for me. If you're thinking of giving uh, therapy a try, BetterHelp's a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, entirely online. Get matched with the therapist after filling out a brief survey. Switch therapist anytime you'd like. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash MPW. I'm going to skip around here for a second since we're on football. Did you get a chance to watch any XFL this weekend? I did not. I was, rules made me think of it. Um, I got a chance to watch a couple games. Pretty good product. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, better than I was expecting. All right. With that being said, the offensive line play was atrocious. This has been a trend in the college and the NFL game the last couple of years. OL play is not as good as it has been, and some of that is because defensive line play has become. Well, I think this is – they got thrown together as a unit, what, four or five weeks ago. I think it will get better. But, dude, yesterday – and not yesterday, the whole weekend – um, quarterbacks running for their life. Um, I talked with AJ McCarron last night. Um, texted back and forth to him after their game. Um, I told him it was like riding a bike. He struggled early a little bit trying to. I mean, he's like, "Damn, dude, you know, playing quarterback with people trying to rip your head off." And they're professional athletes is not very easy, especially when that's the first live reps I've had in th- three years. He missed a couple throws early, but kind of got it. Really, probably middle of the third quarter, he started getting his feel a little bit. But, dude, he was getting to the top of his – it was funny watching. They were not prepared as far as, like, the coaches were not prepared as the offensive line play being that bad. They could not get – I mean, it wasn't just his team. Any team could not get a running game going. Um, and so, here they go start trying to pass. And, I mean, they're I mean they're getting to the top of their drop and they're just trying to f- find a way out every game. So, they went to some three-step stuff, some quick game, and that only takes you so far. And then uh, at the end of the game, he he literally like the entire rest of the game, he was like dropped back to the to his top of his drop, find a way out, then find somebody downfield. That's what they that was their offense the whole uh, second half of the game. But because uh, we were talking, they finally found outside zone, and uh, I was joking with him. He's like, dude, it's like I'm gonna be sore. I won't tell you exactly the wording he put, but he said I'm gonna be really sore in the morning. And I you know I was joking with him. I was like, yeah. Um, Anytime that they uh, called quarterback power, they called quarterback power with AJ to go for two. Yeah. I said, if you had scored, I'd roll over to my own grave whenever it came time. 
And he's like, dude, I was the leading rusher on our team until the fourth quarter. And I was like, that's crazy. Um, funny story. So the year we won the state championship when I was at St. Paul's, I did not run AJ the whole year. And then we get in a championship game. And I'm like, okay, I'll put some quarterback run. We've made it this far. We may need it. And so I had this whole game, not a whole game, but a good part of our game plan. I had some quarterback runs in, and I had the other team schemed up with two extra bodies at the point of attack. And we get the ball, and we had like third and, I don't know, third and four or something. I call it a quarterback run. We had like extra bodies at the point of attack, and somehow he gets tackled for a one-yard gain. Uh-huh. And uh, so in my head, I was like, scratch that shit. I'm done with that. Yeah. You know? So he comes over to the sideline, and I was like, you know, it was early in the game, and I said, like, all right, what are you seeing? Da, 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 we're going through, you know, plays. What you do in between drives? He's like, hey, we got this. He kept calling. He's like, we need to run this play as a quarterback, you know, run. And I let him get like three of them out. I was like, hey, hey, hey. He's like, what, what? Because he's, you know, talking over me. I said, don't ever, ever, as long as I'm with you, ever, ever come up with another quarterback run that you're designed to run because I'm never fucking calling it ever again. <laughs> he's like, well, it'll work. I said, no, it won't. I never called another quarterback run ever. He got one call in four years. He got one one quarterback run because um, I had other dudes like Mark Barron and I had, a match, I had other dudes I could hand the ball off to. But yeah, what was, if that first play he'd gotten six or seven yards? You might you might have done. I would have called another one. You might have run thirty of them. I might would have called another one. AJ and I, I mean, we used to get after it a little bit on the on the headsets. So, um, but he uh, he did really good, man. I was I was excited to see. I think he threw for like one sixty in the fourth quarter. They win. They did. They came back. So this is what was interesting. So two things that was pre- I was not prepared for when it happened. So you you do not kick extra points. All right. So you get a chance to go. You can say you want to go for one, go for two, or go for three. All right. You okay. go for one from like the regular PAT line as a two point conversion, but it's really you just get one point. Okay. You go for two from the five, and okay. you go for three from the ten. Oh, that's interesting. So they were down fifteen to three. I think was the score. Yeah, fifteen to three. They score, they go for three uh-huh. and get it. Okay. It's another down 15 to 12. See, that's the kind of stuff that a league like that needs to do. That's a cool gimmick. Oh, it, they couldn't have asked for a better situation on the opening weekend. So they're down by three. Okay. So Because they pulled it within 15, 12 now. Yes. Okay. So you're 15 to 12, and you have a you can kick an onside kick. Mm-hmm. Or, was what they elected to do, was go for it from fourth and 15 from your own 25. And if you convert, you keep the ball like an onside kick. Oh. And so. I like that too. And so he dropped back. Because if you don't get it, they have the ball first and 10 on your 25. And they're. Your you're, game's over with. Yeah, you're done. Just like recovering an onside kick basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he steps up. And uh, he steps up in the pocket. And then finds uh, Ricky Prohl on the on the sideline. Ricky Prohl still playing? It's his son. Oh, okay. <laughs> Son. I think it's Ricky. I was like, holy shit, Ricky name, Pro's like it's 50. His, it's Ricky Pro's son. I'm assuming it's his it's uh his name's Ricky, but it's Pro. He's pretty pretty good. Okay. Um he went to North Carolina. So right. he finds him on the sideline. He's their best receiver. He uh finds him on the sideline for like a twenty something yard game. So yep. they keep the ball and drive down and score with twenty seconds left and won the game. Oh, that's fantastic. So poor old poor old uh, San Antonio Brahma Bulls, they they never touched the ball <laughs> and lost. That's wild. Yeah. So they never touched the ball and lost. I like that. So, uh, but yeah, it was uh, the other interesting thing they did from a rule standpoint is on the kickoffs. So the kickers at the same spot, yep, returners at the same spot, mm-hmm. but they put the other ten bodies right across from each other at like the twenty-five yard line. 
I'm assuming, I think it's 25, 20, something like that, but they're five yards apart and they cannot move until uh, the returner catches the ball and then it's one-on-one blocking and you return the kick. So it takes away from the injuries a little bit because of the high-speed collisions, but at the same time, almost everybody's returning it because it's like a punt return. Oh, yeah. It looks like a punt return. Okay. So those were two uh, interesting deals. It's really the same drill we ran in special teams. We just call it net drill. It's a uh, it's what it looked like to me. So it was it was pretty pretty interesting. Walk on Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth watering made from scratch Louisiana cuisine. Po boys gumbo voodoo shrimp plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of seventy plus TVs, forty plus ice cold beers on tap. You can order online at walkons.com or on their very convenient Walk-Ons app. Especially if you're in Oxford or Jackson, please stop by the Oxford location, the Ridgeland location. Make that a place uh, appointment viewing for the NCAA tournament coming up in a few weeks. Conference tournaments get started here in, what, like 10 days? So a lot of basketball and things like that, XFL, NASCAR, golf, whatever the case may be, enjoy it at your favorite Walk-Ons. And uh, please tell them that you appreciate them sponsoring MPW Digital, including McCrady and Siski. All right, speaking of, I'm going to get to the golf next, but I'm going to get to this first. All right. The Daytona 500. Yes, sir. Ricky Stenhouse wins. He did. Um, Good guy, by the way. Good guy. Olive Branch, Mississippi's own. He's Rick, not scared Ricky's, to drink a beer with you either. Ricky Stenhouse. But I got questions, okay? Yep. And these are not criticizing questions. I'm not making fun. I got you, boss. I'm, I'm legitimately good. interested because I'm I got... He, I'm I here got, to spread the word. I got a little confused. Okay. Okay? So, stage one was green flag pretty much the whole way. It was. I was like, "Whoa, man! These guys like they're all staying in fi- in file." Anyway, so I I kind of okay, kind of was I was working again. I wasn't locked into the race. Okay, what the hell was that? Garage. Oh. Either Carson's home or Laura's coming home. I'm gonna write down all these questions you got. Okay. So I'm I'm kind of checked out a little bit because I'm I'm working, but I'm interested. Okay. And then um, stage two had a little more action. Okay. A little more stuff going on. And they start setting up, hey, how this thing is going to end, right? Yep. And so they get down to the last couple laps. And, you know, I'm now I had a question about someone sped into the into the, the pit too fast. Yep. And so they had a penalty, a rejoin penalty that I yep. never could figure out. That wasn't as big of a thing to me as overtime. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I'm watching them downstairs. We built a fire outside, and it's me and Carson, and because we're getting ready to watch the NBA All Star game, yeah. And it was perfect weather. Had the grill lit. Um, had a couple of ghosts in the machine. I mean, I was good. But he's asking. He goes, "So how many laps is this?" It's two hundred laps. How big's the course? I said, two and a half miles." Yep. Each lap, five hundred miles. Okay. He's interested because we're getting down to the end. Like two laps to go. And they had a wreck. Yeah. So you can't finish. You can't finish on a yellow. Is that right? Yellow's the caution. Yes. Okay. Can't finish on a yellow. So they start talking about overtime. Correct. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. I like this. I like this. And so they get all set up, and everybody's stacked up, and and I think is Waltrip the color guy. He's one of them. Yeah. He's great. And he's talking about how the Ford guys and the Chevy guys, and I'm I'm in. I'm I'm kind of like okay, okay. I mean, this is going to be interesting because everybody's all close together, and and they 
dropped the checker, not the checker flag, the white flag, meaning this is One the lap. last lap. Yep. And the green or whatever at the same time. And I'm like, okay, here we go. But then on the thing, it says two laps to go. And I'm like, I thought it was just one lap. But anyway, almost immediately, they have a boom, boom, boom. Everybody crashes, and they put the flag back out. And I'm like, so is that it? Because they'd said it's kind of whoever's ahead. And I'm like, okay. So I thought somebody else had won it. And thank goodness I didn't turn the channel because we started to turn it. And I'm like, wait, they don't. I don't think they're done. They're going to do another overtime. So I guess this is double over. Carson goes, is this double overtime? I'm like, I have no idea anymore. Yeah, it's really not that hard. I'll, I'll explain it to you. So then they set it back up again. And once again, they wave the, the flag. And you're like, oh, here we go. And and they're going and they're going and they're going. And they're getting all people are moving around. And, and then you have a boom, boom, boom back behind the leaders. Somebody hit somebody and they spun out. Because they're all just right on top of each other. Somebody hit somebody and they go against the wall. And then boom, boom, boom. And... Then they hit the caution again. And then they tell me, okay, we got to see who was ahead when they hit the caution, even though those were back up front. They were yep. clear of the damage. Yep. And so they look at it, and you know who won because the Stenhouse people start celebrating because they knew before the announcers did. Yeah. Which was great. Again, happy for Ricky. That's awesome. But I was kind of confused because I'm like, but you said that you couldn't finish the race I got a lot of questions. All right, here we go. So let's let's start at the back end since it's fresh in your mind. Well, let's talk about the overtime, okay? Okay. In NASCAR, if the if it's scheduled to go 200 laps, all right, the race because there used to be there'd be wrecks like on it, like this is how Dale Senior won his Daytona 500 is there was a wreck with like three laps to go and the race ended under caution. So they put in this overtime rule. Okay. All right. The race cannot finish under caution. Unless it take if it, if the caution happens on the last lap, okay. So if it's the last lap of the race and there's a caution, it will end under caution. Okay, you with me on that? Yes. Okay. Now let's talk about the what you saw and where you were confused. All right. So the race goes into overtime because there was a caution with like three laps left, and by the time they get the wreck cleaned up and all that stuff, then you're in overtime. Okay. So you have to have, they call it a green-white checkered. It means the green flag is going to drop. The next time around, the white flag is going to drop. The next time around, the last lap, checkered flag is going to drop. So the reason that, that they restarted is because the caution took place on the first lap. If they had gotten all the way around, which the last time they did, they ran a full lap. Oh, so it was, okay. on, the, it was on the white flag lap. So they never got to the white flag lap the first, the first time. time. Or maybe even the second time. But The, when the they second time they did. They that, got around once, and okay. they were going again. When they stopped the race, that was because they'd already been around and took the white flag. Okay, why didn't they, and I'm, I'm going to assume the answer is safety, why didn't they, given the fact that the the ones who still had a chance to win the race, yeah, were getting ready to go down the back stretch, mm -hmm. or whatever they call it, yeah, why didn't they let them keep going even though there was all the boom 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 back behind them and everybody crashing? Yeah, so they used to, right? So this used to be a thing where they used to not wave the caution flag. I mean, this is I don't know, this is ten fifteen years old now, but they used to let you drive all the way till they wouldn't the caution wouldn't take place till you cross the green flag, uh, checker flag, the checker uh, the line. On all cautions. But now they, they go immediate caution means everybody backs off because it's exact for a safety reason. So like if you're if you're back in the back, let's say you're in thirtieth place, 
Okay. And and like Daytona yesterday, when you're stacking up 20, 30 cars, I mean, 20, you know, all in the middle, some guy can drive like a bat out of hell through there trying to get to beat the other guys next oh. to him to try to get to 10th place, which gotcha. is a significant money bomb. Gotcha, gotcha, So they gotcha. freeze the field gotcha. now. And the other thing that they do now is they okay. call it the lucky dog. A lucky dog is when the, the first car a lap down can get a free pass and get back on the on the last lap because again what used to happen was there'd be a caution take place and let's say your teammate was a lap down the guy that was leading the race would basically slow down so much to let his guy catch up and let them pass and get their lap back and it used to mess everything up so from that standpoint from overtime does that answer your question yeah all right i'm not gonna lie i know you're gonna answer another question in a minute it was more compelling television than i wanted to admit that it would be some races are, I'll tell you week to week, because so, I don't want, you're, you're starting to get a little interested, so I don't want to ruin it for you. Like, this week is not a good week to watch, to try to, I mean, you may like it a little bit, but don't spend a lot of time in it, because there's not a lot of passing. Okay. All right. All right, so you right, talk now, about so green the pit, flag. And the, the, the pit thing. All right, so they have a speed, basically a speed limit going down pit road. Yeah. Okay. But here's the crazy part, is they have no speedometer. So they have to do it off their RPMs in a certain gear. So when you see them, when they go around the, the pace car, the pace car goes around pit road speed, okay? Okay. So they have to get behind the pace car, and let's say they put it in second gear. They know how many RPMs they're turning in second gear to go that speed. So when they go to pit road, they they give them five miles an hour budging, which this is, to me, is the craziest thing. Just give them a speedometer, but they don't. And so that's if you go too fast, it's a safety thing too, but if you go too fast entering, they have time loops. Well, they, you have to come to a, a pass-through penalty. Okay, when they say pass-through penalty. means everybody else is going green during green flags, and you have to get on pit road and drive through pit road pit speed. So they're going 200 miles an hour, and you're going 55, 60. You're going to oh. lose a draft. Okay. It's a big penalty. Yeah. Okay. Because that happened to a, a few people yesterday. Yes, because it's – And like, I never could – he was like, that's a pass-through penalty. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? But you, there's a yellow line. You have to be down at that speed when you cross the yellow line. Okay. All right. Now you said – you know, the green, they went green the whole first stage and all that. Okay, well, this is NASCAR, okay? These guys are the best of the best. They don't. They understand how plate racing works, and they're there to win the Daytona 500. That's their big thing. Yeah. Dude, they're, they drive super careful. Like, they don't, they're not as aggressive in the first stage. Now, you watch the truck race or the Xfinity, they're freaking wrecking the whole race, right? They're just out there to run fast and all that shit. But they made the stage races to promote – more aggressive driving because you get stage points now. Okay, that was my next question. So there were a couple of times when you heard him on the – I can't believe I know all this. this I'm is impressed. A, I, I watched more NASCAR in one day. There were a couple of times – I will say this. The broadcast was excellent. Uh, I'm a big fan of good broadcast, and it was very entertaining. Um, but there were a couple of times where they let you listen to the thing, and and the spotter – I guess it was a spotter. Maybe yeah. it was the crew chief. I don't know. Whoever was talking to the driver was saying, hey, we got a decision to make here. How important is it for you to win the stage as opposed to getting in? We need to get – you're going to have to preserve fuel because these next few laps are you're not going to – you're absolutely not going to have enough. Um, do you want to do that or do you want to you pit? You're not going to win the stage, but you're going to put yourself in better position to win the race. How much yep. does it – 
I'm not giving it justice, but that's essentially what I got out of it because I don't know who the hell any of these yeah. people so are. Right? To get in the playoffs, there's a point system, right? If you win a race like Ricky Stenhouse, he's in the playoffs. You automatically qualify. Okay. Okay. They take 16 drivers when the playoffs start. Okay. And they reset the points, but you have to build points because if you don't win a race, then you're subject to the points to get in. So that's they give like you know 10 points for first in the stage all the way down, right? So yesterday became a fuel mileage thing. Daytona does every once in a while, becomes in a few mileage. You'll get in some races here soon. It'll be tire strategy, things like that, uh, that will go into Daytona. You can run the same. I mean, tires don't matter. But every race is different. It's kind of like golf. Every track is different. Every golf course is different, and they fit different strategies. Like Ricky Stenhouse, he's got he's won three times now, all three of them on uh, restrictor plates. Okay. Because he drives like a – We used, his nickname is uh, – Ricky Spinhouse because he drives like a bat out of the hell and he's either going to win the damn race or he's going to wreck trying. But he was so aggressive yesterday early in, the, in that got himself in position. He takes a lot of chances that a lot of people won't take on a racetrack. Do they still go to the Northern Kentucky? They've changed every year. They got Nashville now. Um, they got, they're doing a lot of, is there a track in Nashville or is it yeah, up suburban somewhere? It's suburban. All right, are they really doing a race in downtown Chicago? They are this year. So they're taking a lot of this F1, like two years ago. Like, after, holy shit. How are they going to do a, a race in downtown Chicago? Like on Michigan Avenue and stuff? Oh, yes, the track's out there. They've already published it. Some bitch. Like, um, I actually wouldn't mind seeing that. They're trying to take – NASCAR the is always – I don't know. NASCAR is always adapted, right? And so with this big F1 popularity that's going on in America, they're, they've done – they used to only do two road courses a year. They always did Sonoma and um, uh, Watkins Glen, but the only two they ever did. Well, now they're doing uh, Coda, uh, Course of the Americas down in Austin. They're doing – they turned they, they have a Daytona race. They had the Charlotte Roval. They had the Chicago deal. They're doing a lot more road courses now um, to try to get some of that F1 fandom. We were in Vegas. Were they talking NASCAR or were they talking Formula One in Vegas? Now, Vegas is going to get a Formula One race. Okay. Vegas has – matter of fact, they'll go there in like two weeks. Vegas has a NASCAR track, but it's not. It's a regular. It's a, a two mile or a mile and a half. And it's out somewhere. It's outside. Yes, yeah, in the suburbs. Okay. But most tracks are. But it's uh everything's different. The restrictor plates are fun. Like you can get. I'll I'll, I'll get you on some short tracks. Like Bristol's fun to watch. Um, but like you got to be a diehard NASCAR fan to watch California because they're just going. They're, it's hard to pass. I'm looking to see when the race is in Chicago. It's in the summertime. Yeah, I think it's. I saw they were talking about it the other day. Chicago Street Race. I don't know if I'd want to go to that one, though. I'm just curious when it is. Uh, starts in 2023. It's going to be a 100, 100 laps, 2.2 miles per lap. Looking for dates. July 1st yeah. and 2nd. So, the other the, thing... The NASCAR is, Chicago Street Race, the Xfinity Series is July 1st, and the Cup Series is July 2nd. Yeah, they run usually Saturday, Sunday. But, no, it's a... Uh, I enjoy it, man. I Like, once you go and you... Like, the different tracks. Like, Daytona was not... When I went to Daytona, it wasn't as fun as Talladega. You know, Atlanta's not as fun. Charlotte, I've been to Atlanta, Charlotte... Daytona, Talladega. I've been to most of them in the South. I have not gone to the Nashville. I want to go to the Nashville one. But if you go there and they're just running in circles and they're not passing each other, that's, that's going to be a wild weekend in Chicago. Nice. The Cubs and Guardians are in town. There you go. That's going to be crazy. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm interested to see them shut down the whole city because they're running downtown, downtown. Yeah, I know. So that's gonna be that'll be interesting. That's gonna be nuts. Um, but now they're they're fun to go to if they're if they're gonna be racing. Like yesterday was very racy. It's a you know restrictor plates are racy, racy. They're not very much fun when they just go run in circles and they don't pass anybody. That's why I don't like F one, man. It's like you know what I mean. There's not a lot of pass, very few passing and things like that. And it's always the best car right. wins. NASCAR, all the cars now are pretty much built equal. That's why you're seeing a resurgence of parity in um, NASCAR. Like Ricky Stenhouse, a one team, a one team uh, race car race car team. Like Ross Chastain, nobody would give him a chance, and he ends up getting there. So it's enough NASCAR talk. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. It's getting uh, starting to warm up a little bit. Yesterday felt like spring. So that means it's a sign that, hey, look, we're going to get some more cold, but summer's coming. You want to make sure that your air conditioner is ready to handle that. So if you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, Ricky Stenhouse's hometown of Olive Branch, that area, get in touch with our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. And again, as we always like to remind you, we're brought to you by Rain each and every episode. This is episode 58. We've been brought to you the whole way by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. All right, so can we make a deal here? Yeah. If I you're in, if you're in town, I don't know when the if you're yeah I do know what you'll be doing that week. If you just happen to be in Oxford, Mississippi on Saturday, March the fourth, instead of in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Let's come over to the house and let's watch some UFC and see if you can on the pay per view see if you like that. All right, it's great. No, that's the weekend. It's just me and Carson because Lars going. Carson. Lars going to um. We'll get Carson drinking some Miller Light. Lars going to mom's, Lars. mom's weekend at 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 Arkansas. We'll get Carson into Miller Light. We just won't tell Lars. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's, that's, 
things things that probably aren't happening. But we got to get you in UFC, and then we'll be complete. All right, uh, real quick before we get to basketball, because I want to talk about these odds. Um, I know you saw me at the at the at the on the treadmill the other day mm-hmm. watching my guy, mm-hmm. um, Tiger Woods. Um, at the Genesis, dude. Really, uh, he held it together for 54 holes as far as health-wise. You could see Sunday, yesterday, he was hurting a little bit. But let me just say something, dude. The guy was, like, striking the ball. And I'm not saying, like, prime Tiger, like in the two, when he was winning everything. Yeah, no, but, but he, he was ball striking. What, what got him was all the walking. Yeah. Like, yeah. if he was – like, if he doesn't have that car wreck, dude, and he's just with his back. And the thing that's so amazing – is he cannot push, he cannot use the ground anymore right. to create power. So he's doing it with his all upper body, with his fused back and neck hurt, everything else. So the average, the first three days in that tournament, the average ball speed was 172 off the driver, and he was consistently reaching 180. I think he reached 182 one time. And he's consistently out driving Rory and JT and his group on Thursday yeah. and Friday. Now, Friday killed him because he couldn't make a freaking birdie putt to save his life. He was blocking everything. But, I mean, the guy hadn't played but four times in the last two years. Right? You could tell on the greens that he was rusty a little yeah. bit. Sure. But he put it together on Saturday. He had a good round on on uh, way he finished on Thursday. And then yesterday he was hurting a little bit. You could see he was limping out the, off, the, off the jump. Yeah, his body failed him a little bit on Sunday. I just don't know because you know he's been training. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he just walked out there blind. No. He and just, he probably trains very hard. Sure. What's interesting to me is – But he's going up against some real dudes now. I'm just talking about his body. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I wonder if it can – is that as good as it will ever be? Is he never, is he ever going to be able to finish 72 holes again and be – if he can be Tiger on Saturday and Thursday for 72 holes, he'll win a tournament again. Yeah. I mean, like – he hit some shots that were, I mean, just amazing, man, that nobody else can do. Um, with that being said, uh, John Rahm, I know you're not a golf guy, but John Rahm is absolutely freaking unconscious right now. And I, I was the bridesmaid twice this week. One, I had Joey Logano at plus 1,600 in the in the um, Daytona 500. I got screwed out of the caution deal. Yep. I thought he would have won it if it had come all back around, but he didn't. And then I had Max Homa at plus 2,200. And, dude, just – so I was the bridesmaid twice yesterday, but dude, I mean, John Rahm's as hot as they get. Wanted to get your thought on this. Yep. Did you see the kickback blowback on Tiger Woods' joke with I Justin did. Thomas? What's your opinion on that? I wish. I wish Tiger would have said, "Here's my press conference. Y'all can all kiss my ass. <laughs> it was a joke." It was a joke among friends. They laughed. I laughed. Nobody was offended. And if you were offended by that, if you were offended by me joking with one of my friends on a course, people that probably have been two of the most supportive Tiger guys out there, probably guys who were in his ear, on his phone, whatever, during some of the lowest times. Yep. He clearly meant it in a good-natured way. He very clearly likes Justin Thomas, and he very clearly likes Rory McIlroy. Of course. It was guys having a little fun with one another. He wouldn't have done that to someone that he didn't, Correct. A, know, and B, like. Yeah. Beyond respect, like. He wouldn't have done that in some random pro-am. No. We have got to stop 
as a country being a lot. No, no, no. Let me rephrase. We've got to stop letting the 1%. And I'm not sure it's even 1%. We've got to stop letting them tell us when to be offended. We generally know when we're offended. Let's wait until we're offended to be offended. That wasn't offensive. That was Tiger being funny. Frankly, it was the side of Tiger that we didn't used to get to see until he kind of became human. Yeah. That's where I get pissed off. Because we 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 get to see the side of the guy that's funny. And he's clearly a different person now, right? He knows, hey, I used to be the best. I used to own this. This was me. And he knows now, hey, I'm not coming out here week after week and dominating. These guys grew up worshiping me. And now I'm kind of enjoying hanging out with the guys. Yeah, I'm not going to beat the best players when they play their best. Father time, accidents, stuff, it got him, right? Yep. But he's still, for someone like me who doesn't watch golf, the only thing I watch for in golf is Tiger. Right. I used to kind of I, I used to cheer for him, and then I kind of cheered against him because he was so good, and now I'm cheering for him again. Yeah, and the only way you're going to get me to get locked into some tournament that I've never heard of before is if he's playing. is if he's competing on Sunday. Yep, I'm in because I'm cheering for him. I want him to win. I want to watch Tiger win. I'd love to see Tiger win. If you told me Tiger was going to win one of the majors, I would be so geeked up. To see that one more time, I think I would stop everything and revel in it. So my answer is, what he did was fine. It was just a silly thing between guys. And anybody who's, if you're offended by that, I don't know what to tell you. Stop. If you're offended by that, then why the hell are you not more worked up about this Leah Thomas shit? Because that should really <laughs> offend you. If you, if it's, oh, well, I just care about women and women's feelings. And who's to say? Maybe he got it out of the out of the men's bathroom. I mean, they, maybe they were dispensing them in there. That's the new thing, right now. <laughs> it it's stupid. See, that but, would be my question. I wouldn't have. I think it's like two things. One, my question. I wouldn't. Have, my, I'll tell you what my question would be in the press conference. But one is if the same people that bitched because he was a robot and that he wasn't. You know, he was this. The you know. When he actually gives you the personality, you bitch about the personality. Like, you're just looking for clicks because they know people would talk about it. So my question... Well, they're mad because he's not super woke. Yeah. My question, though, in a press conference would not be about that. I'd be like, hey, where did you get that? To, where, <laughs> where did, you, did you have that in your bag? Like, as you waiting on it? You steal it from your daughter? Well, like, it told, what, it, how did, where did you get... Exactly where did you get that? And the fun part of it <laughs> is that it tells you that he felt like, hey, I feel pretty good today. I might outdrive these guys a they couple times. Time. And I'm gonna have this on me so I can mess with them. Dude, he was freaking. He was crushing. I was I'm gonna. Up. I'm gonna guess that Tiger doesn't need menstrual products. I'd hope not. I, I think it's a it's safe like, bet. It safe? Why? Because he's male, <laughs> and men don't have menstrual cycles. And that doesn't mean that the people who do have menstrual cycles, which by the way are females, it doesn't mean that we're superior over them in any way. It's just a difference. It's all it is. It's been this way forever, and all of a Allegedly. sudden, it, it is, and, and all of a sudden, we're, we're trying to rewrite basic biology. No, it's just, it, it is what it is. I just, 
I had there were some people. I know some people that were a little like I was like, what's wrong? Seriously, with you? Yeah. they were offended by it. Did, not offended, but yeah. What what bothered them about it? Just the fact that they uh, viewed it as misogynistic. Yes, yeah. I had some people. I, I didn't. I didn't stand very long. I was very. I was not listening to that shit. I mean, look, guys, it's a joke. Like here, and for people who don't play golf, do you know what happens? Like, not this is not a joke. I know people who actually do this. When you go out to the go out and play golf with your buddies or whatever, and, you're, and everybody thinks they should be playing at the tips and they're not, and they don't hit the golf ball past the women's tees. There are men who will play the hole with the pants around down their ankles too. That happens at every country club in America, at every golf course in America. That happens. So there's so many golf things like that. I thought it was. I mean, I've heard hit with a pink. You have to play with a pink golf ball the rest of the day. Whatever, right? I mean, just all kinds of things. It's a joke. But I can't. I mean, come on. I, I that just. Yeah, it doesn't mean me. that he hates women. It doesn't mean that he looks down on women. It doesn't mean anything like that. Stop it. But. Um, I do want to say this. I know you're, have you seen, uh, the, uh, have you seen any of the Netflix show? Um, what's it called? Full swing. Not yet. I have been told that I would enjoy it. So I will probably watch it, but I have not gotten there yet. Let me make sure I got this. Somebody wrote something about it in the the thing. It reminded me to ask you about that. So it's on, uh, I got two episodes left. I keep falling asleep during one of them, but, um, (laughs) do we know Tiger identifies as male? (laughs) Hey, Hardman, Hardman says he's been the victim of pants around the ankles. See, everybody does. That's like a, a, a known thing. So I don't know what the – it is what it is. But uh, Full Swing is a uh, – they do a really good job. They kind of take each episode and they follow around usually two golfers an episode. Yeah. And then off the, off the uh, golf course, in the golf course, you know, tournaments that they compete well in, yeah. don't, so, so on and so forth. I've been told the one they do on uh, – Tennis is really good too. Yes, I've watched Breakpoint. I've Breakpoint. watched. A, I watched a little bit of that as well. So uh, I was in the middle of it when Full Swing started. So I'm going to finish it and I'll go back. But uh, Joel Damon, they have an episode on Joel Damon, and as one who plays Joel Damon in my fantasy leagues, it makes me not want to play him moving forward because I don't know how serious he takes it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, makes sense now. Now I know why he didn't make the cut. But he, it's amazing to me. The one thing I'll get out of it is the mentality difference in the golfers on this show and how some of them have such a um, non-self-belief, lack of confidence, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like Brooks Kepka to me was like, the reason I like Brooks Kepka is he was a grinder. He competed the whole deal. And he's on this whole, his whole episode is basically talking about how he doubts himself. And I, it just blew me away. And it goes to the whole live thing with a couple of guys. Sure. And they finally admit it. That's the thing you'll like about it. They finally admit on this show, like, God dang, it's about the money, guys. You know, they 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 say things out that haven't been said in public a little bit. Um, but like Dustin Johnson's on there and they talk, I think he made $72 million his entire career from winnings. Sure. They offered him $80 million. Bye. Sure. He's 38 years old. Oh, I think I think the whole mental thing is fascinating. I mean, I've always talked about this. I mean, like I'll use me as an example. Now, look, I was never going to be a professional athlete. But if you told me I had one do-over, like go back, not life, but like high school yeah. stuff. I, I talk about this with my son all the time because I want him to have as much success as he can have for his own peace of mind, right? And I always tell him, hey, don't forget you belong. Yeah. You know, you belong. You're not out there. Like, you know, his first couple of games as starting as a sophomore, he was like one of the only two. And you could tell he was like, Am I, do I need to be out here? And it's like, you do. You earned it. You're right. good. I wish I had that because I, I was one of those people that 
and this won't shock you because you and I have had some pretty deep conversations. I never could allow myself to play with any confidence. And I can look back, literally, I can remember two or three games where I felt confident and how much, A, more fun it was, and B, how much better I played, as opposed to when I was going up against somebody that was like, oh, I don't know, man, he can really run. I mean, I can remember thinking to myself, I don't belong on the same field with this guy, you know, and stuff like that. And it was, it was you couldn't overcome it. So there's, yeah, that happens, absolutely happens to pro guys. All of a sudden, they're, they're, matched up against the best of the best and and they have th those thoughts creep into their minds and and that thought when it gets into your mind I'm sure for coaches it's a difficult thing to coach but when that gets into a player's mind that impacts oh, everything no, the way that he plays I mean you hear basketball guys talk about the game being 90% mental and people are like what and you're like no 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 not not in general champ at that level it's it's ninety percent mental. You're right, and, and for me, when everybody's six eight and can jump, it's mental. For me personally, and I'm just gonna say this is me personally, not everybody else. But I would I don't know golf is an individual sport, and there's no hiding, right? There's no team aspect to it. My confidence, or whatever you want to call it, not really confidence, but my mentality when it came to sports, it came to coaching or whatever, is I wanted to be the one who made the mistake, if I, if a mistake was made, if I missed it, I wanted to be the guy missing the shot because at least I know I can live with it. Right. If somebody else missed the shot, I, I'd be, oh, I could have made that or whatever. I right. always wanted – it wasn't a, – a, if this makes sense, it wasn't a confidence that I was going to hit the shot every time or a confidence that I was going to call the right play or a confidence that I was going to make the right eval on a kid. Sure. It was more the fact that I could live with me making this mistake beyond somebody else. In golf, you can't hide because there's no – it's an individual sport. Um, so I would probably have the same thing. When it comes to um, – when it comes to um, what we were talking about a second ago, when I go and recruit a kid, I want to know that makeup, right? And I call it competitive character, and I want to see what that makeup is. It's like with AJ. I'll give you a great example. Like – there's a, I'm sure there's 97,000 quarterbacks that are more talented than AJ. But, dude, when the game's on the line and I got to roll my job out on the line and I got to go trust somebody to get what's done, like, I have that belief in him. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, sure. He's been through the, me and him have been through the fire together. I like to the point to where even if you watch like what he's well known for and think everybody's always a game man, all that shit. But like, he shows up when it's time to go. Like quarters one through three yesterday look like shit sometimes. But by God, was the fourth quarter, he finds a way. You know, it's the competitive character. And when you recruit kids, and it's like you're talking about, when you mm -hmm. recruit kids, I, that's one of the top things I look for. If you see a guy that's not very self-confident, you're going to have those problems when they when you get them. They, those problems don't go away. Of course. So you have to go recruit the kids that. It's very hard to overcome. Yeah, you're not. You, you spend a like, lifetime trying to battle it. Sure. You think you're having a problem in high school with it as a football player? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, man, I just don't, you know. Dude, what do you think is going to happen when you have to come here and have to, like, compete to get on the field and, mm -hmm. and comes fourth quarter? Of course. Those problems are going to resurface. And so yeah. that's a big thing. Um, I've done that one time in my entire career as a receivers coach. I signed a kid that was uber talented, didn't have a lot of self-confidence, and never turned out to be the player he could be. 
Um, was an okay player. Played was a two for me, but I never could count on him going and winning the big, going and performing the big game because you know there comes a time where confidence is all you have. I mean, yep. you gotta have, you gotta draw because yep. you're tired. Yep. Everybody's tired. I mean, that, you gotta draw from something. And uh, what's in what's what's your mental makeup makes everything. All right, let's switch gears because I want to get your opinion on this before we get out. I got them right here. Let's talk a little college basketball. Mm-hmm. We got two weeks left. Thank God. I mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Two weeks left in uh, the regular season. Then we got tournament time. Yep. And I know you're really excited about that. Wednesday at 6. All right. So we're going to go. <laughs> Jeez, Christmas. I bet you that I bet you Ole Miss wins the first game of the tournament. They could beat South Carolina. They're going to win the first game of the tournament. Okay. All right. Here, here we go right here. All right. I want to get – I'm going to – I want you to give me four teams – that if I gave you twenty five bucks a piece, okay, anywhere in the country, who's winning the national championship? And let's go over the odds of winning the national championship. Okay, all right, give me team one. Who who you feel good about winning the national championship? <sighs> then we'll go over to value and see if you really want to bet it or not. Kansas, Kansas is plus eleven hundred. Not bad. They are the fourth highest rated, uh, fourth worst odds. Okay. Uh, let me pull up some list here. So I'm less prepared for this than you. Um, Grind just had a good one. Indiana. Sneaky. I, I like Indiana. Indiana plus 2,800. What is Creighton? Creighton, very good. Creighton is plus 2,500. I don't think they can win it, but I don't hate that. Um, Texas A&M. Ooh, you're going to get good odds there. You think they can win the whole thing? Yeah. Plus 10,000. Ooh. <laughs> Those are good odds. Uh, what, are my, what are my odds on UCLA? UCLA. Let's find them here. Plus 1,100. Okay. So they're the same as Kansas. What I'm looking for here is I'm looking for teams that have done really, really well in quad one. Okay. Kansas has the most quad one wins. Correct? Kansas is thirteen and five in quad one. Houston, what are my odds on Houston? Houston four, four and one in quad one. Yep, plus seven fifty. Their only loss was at home to Alabama. Yeah, that was a game I watched. Uh, Purdue has nine quad one wins. Plus one thousand. Third highest ranked team. Houston is the favorite, by the way, per the odds makers. At plus seven fifty. There's a couple of interesting teams. You want you want some interesting teams that'll be super battle tested. Yeah, I want some good battle tested, good odds teams. All right. Here's three from the same league. So you know the league that I'm about to hit you with. Big twelve. You got Texas, you got plus Baylor. Plus twenty five hundred, plus sixteen hundred. And you got Iowa State, all of whom have played a ton of quad one games and all of whom have won at least eight quad one games. Iowa State is plus five thousand. That's good value. They're a good team. So watch them go into Kansas and beat their ass. Now look, the Big Twelve. Here's the thing I'm going to tell you on Big Twelve teams, and I've watched a bunch of Big Twelve basketball. Don't get worked up about the L's. You play in that league, you're gonna have L's. It's too good. Nobody's running it. Pay attention to the W's in that league. Look at who beat who and where in that league and then understand that for these teams 
and I firmly believe this, the first two weeks of this tournament is going to feel like a break. Yep. And doesn't mean they won't lose because some of them are going to lose because right. the tournament's that way. But if you're looking for teams, I'm telling you, these Big 12 teams are battle-tested as hell. And the ones that have put up some Ws, because a lot of them are going to get in just because of the competition. But the ones, and I just named a few of them, that have picked up Ws with regularity. Now, they have Ls too. But the ones that have Ws are perfectly capable of winning second weekend games. My favorite, who I'm going to place a wager on, I was hoping the odds would bump a little bit to the worst. I've told you this off the air. Dude, I'm in love with Baylor, man. I'm in love with Baylor. They had won a bunch in a row until they lost to Kansas on well, Saturday. George is a terrific player. But, dude, Baylor, I love I, – I think they have a chance to win it legit. Um, they obviously – they play well at home, obviously, but they play well on the road too. They did lose to Kansas. They were up, and they, you know, end up getting beat by Kansas, which is not a bad loss. But We watch a lot of, of uh, Kansas here because um, Carson is a firm believer that Grady Dick is going to be right in that little group sweet spot when yep. the thunder pick around 10 11 12 so we've watched them a bunch i'm gonna tell you now they're capable of winning it again there are dogs tonight kansas is at tcu yeah eight o'clock tonight pretty much everybody the uh the thing that my, let me tell you my who i really liked early in the year that's kind of fallen off a little bit in league play but mm -hmm. i really liked i like i think they're a matchup problem in the tournament is uconn tell you what They've they've fallen off, you know, recently. They don't they haven't played well in their league. I mean they've played well, but they've lost more than they should in their league. They're six and six in quad one. Three and zero oh in quad two, five and one in quad three. Here's the other thing. I don't like teams that have played a ton of quad four games. Like Kansas has played three quad four games. Listen to this. How battle tested is Kansas? <laughs> yes, a bunch. I saw it. 13 and 1 at home, 13 and 5 in quad 1, 4 and 0 in quad 2, 2 and 0 in quad 3, 3 and 0 in quad 4. They've played pretty much nothing but big games. Correct. They're ready to go in March. They stay healthy, they're tough out. You look at so like you take UConn for example. I mean, what's their overall record? They're 20 and 7, right? Mhm. They're 9 and 7 in their own league. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they beat Alabama I know. I mean, they got the two big men they can rotate in and out. TCU, by the way, now they're four and eight in quad one. But TCU sitting here with the 21 net, 18 and nine. Uh, but now here's what I don't like about them. They played eight quad four games. Yep. I'm trying to see, like, if there's a sleeper in here. I'm, I'm looking for, like, where you could just get a crazy-ass value on a team. What about uh, what about like, like here's the, here's the, here's the team to stay away from, and everybody's gonna go crazy, and I know I'm about to piss off some people because I think this guy might be Ole Miss's next coach, Florida Atlantic. <laughs> they got a good net, don't they? They do. They're twenty two in the net. They're twenty two and three overall. You're like, ooh, seventeen of those wins are quad three or quad four. All right, so let me ask. So you. you're not playing those teams in, in in March. Let me ask you a serious question. Yeah. All right, they're 22 in the net, right? They're 22 and three. Yeah. Let's say they run the table. Okay. And they go all the way to the championship game and they lose by two in the championship game. Do they get in with all those quad four wins? 
Man, I don't know. Or do know. they have to win it? I don't. They're probably okay with that net. They're probably okay with that net. Grind brought up another good one I like. Miami. Miami can play beat anybody when they want to. Yeah, I'm looking for Miami's metrics here. Miami is plus 5,500. That is a good one, Grind. I like ACC is bad, but, dude, Miami, they can score. Miami is 22-5. and five. Miami 6-4 and four in quad one, 3-0 and oh in quad two, and then they're 13-1 and one combined, quads three and four. What the – yeah, I like – Miami's good. I like betting. Miami's I was looking for some SEC bargains, and I just don't see them. The only – A&M's not a bad one. A&M – A&M's 20 and 7. They're 5 and 4 quad 1. 8 and 2 in quad 4. They kind of shoot my theory down. They're 5 and 0 oh in quad 3. Um, uh, just going SEC teams. Arkansas's 19 in the net. Arkansas, Are they going to get it get it together in time? Well, he finally did what he being Musselman did what I think he had to do, which is, "All right, screw it. Let's we're running out of time. I'm putting Smith in the starting lineup. Let's just see what the hell happens." And and Smith Played okay the other day against Florida. And that was Florida without Castleton. And they won They won easily. He traded some defense for offense. He went with Graham a lot more. The kid from Arizona State had a big game. He put Council back in his role at Wichita State, which is six-man. Took some heat off of him. They're not good enough to win a title. They're, they're, they're three and six quad one. I do like the one thing I like about Arkansas's metrics is they've only played three quad four games. They've played a tough schedule, right? And it's reflected in their net. Um, but they're not. They're they they're gonna have a hard time even getting to second weekend. They're not getting to the third. Um, with the remaining schedule, Missouri is gonna be pretty healthy coming to the tournament because they have. Well, they better be because they're running out. They got to get some wins. All right, hear me out here. They have Mississippi State at home tonight or tomorrow night. Mississippi State at home. They go to Georgia. They go to LSU, mm-hmm. and they host Ole Miss. So technically, they got the bottom four teams in the league. They need to beat them all though, because they're sitting at fifty-one right now. They need a road win. They need to go to Startville and win. No, they're they got them at home. Okay, they so need, the only oh, they, road, they have to win that game. They got who does State have left? State's sitting at forty-three on the net. Here. State has left, and State's got eleven. They have. Uh, they go to Missouri tomorrow. They got Texas A&M at home on Saturday. Yeah. They got South Carolina at home. Okay. And then in, in the last game, they go to Vandy. Oof. So, State is probably going to go two and two in their last four. Yeah, that might not be enough. Vandy, by the way, their net is 88. All right, so let's go. Dude, Vandy's, that's the one I'm interested in. Vandy's interesting because Vandy's four and they have four uh, quad ones. They're three and three in quad two, which is not terrible. Two and one in quad three, six and one in quad four, 15 and 12 overall. They're the interesting team, one of the interesting teams, because like the committee, you wonder if the committee at any point looks at them and goes, all right, all right, let's put our, let's put our numbers down for a minute. Let's put them away for a minute. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about what our eyes tell us, right? When they don't have Liam Robbins, they're a pretty average team. We see that, but boys and girls, when they have Liam Robbins, they're not an average team. They're a pretty good team. Like, nobody wants to play Vanderbilt right now. They've won five in a row. Well, Robbins is healthy. And when Robbins is healthy, he's the best big man in the league. That includes Castleton. That includes Shibway. That includes any 
yeah, anybody good. else you want to talk about. He's the best big in the league. He's dominant. All right, so they go to LSU. That's a win. They host Florida. It's a win. But then neither one of those wins are doing anything for them because right, here we go. LSU's net is like 150-something, and Florida is down to 53. Next Wednesday, they go to Kentucky. Well, there's their chance because Kentucky's net is 35, so that would be a, another big quad one road win. And they host Mississippi State to end of the year. Okay, got to win. They got if, if, but it, here's so if they win all four games, you can't keep them out, right? I, I think you have to start talking about you have to someone in that room has to go. Hey, what's have we seen the way they finished? And there's a big difference between when they lost because someone's going well, they lost to so and so. Yeah, Robbins didn't play. That puts them at 12 and 6 in the league if they went out. Yeah. You can't keep them out. Someone has to say Robbins didn't play. And then we'll find out about the net and stuff like that. And then Vanderbilt's one of those teams like they need FAU to win CUSA. They don't need FAU to be a a bid stealer. Right. I mean, if they go 12 and 6, and, you know, we're talking about everybody's jumbled up. But here's the problem with like FAU, right? Is North Texas is sitting there at 46. I mean, what if North Texas wins the, the tournament? I'm watching College of Charleston for obvious reasons. Here's another. College of Charleston's 25-3. and People go, ooh. Yeah, 16 of those wins are quad four wins. Yeah. 16. I mean, what would an SEC team's record be if they got to play 16 quad four games? Pretty good. I mean, Auburn (laughs) Auburn is sitting here. I I, I use Auburn and Arkansas a lot because both coaches – uh, Bruce Pearl and Eric Musselman schedule really well. And they both have 18 and nine records. Auburn played four quad four games, four. And I think we said Arkansas played three. Yeah. Arkansas played three. Arkansas played nine quad three games. Auburn played six. So essentially they schedule the same way, right? If you let Eric Musselman and Bruce Pearl coach 16 games against quad four opponents, their records would be like 27 and one. Yep. So it, you know where I am on this. I'm, I'm for put the teams from the big leagues in. That's who whoever wants to see. That's who I want to, I want to watch these big 12 teams play. I want to watch. I do want Auburn in the tournament. I want Vanderbilt in the tournament. I want, I want, uh, hell, I, before the castles an injury, I wanted Florida in the tournament. Um, Put Arkansas in the tournament. Give A&M in the tournament because I want to watch A&M play. Dude, they, they look really good the other night against uh, Missouri. I think – where's your stance on Kentucky right now? Oh, they're back in. They, they had a huge week last week, and they solidified themselves. Dude, I, I just can't they're, – they're, they're 35 net. They're 4-7 and seven in quad one, 5-1 and one in quad two. Uh, they, they're 9-1 and one combined in quads three and four. Yeah, they're fine. I still don't like them. Can't deny what they did last week, though. They went to Mississippi State and won, and they and they beat Tennessee at home, coming off that Alabama win. I mean, no, it, that that beating Tennessee, beat Mississippi State didn't do anything for me. Um, after I watched Mississippi State in a ten percent three point shooting rock fight the other night, um, but here's my thing: I get they just can't like she weighs. It's like is playing NBA All Star caliber. NBA all-star game caliber defense. Like, he he doesn't defend at the rim. As good as he is as an offensive player, an offensive rebounder, and getting after it, he plays so soft on defense. And it drives me nuts, man. Like, just defend at the fucking rim. Like, he lets Who do people, they have left? They've got some games left. I know they f- finish. Yeah, this is my – I didn't – I 
be honest with you, I didn't give them. I gave them the state game in my head. I did not give them the Tennessee game. So I guess they're plus one. Okay. So let me let me get to their um, let me get to their uh, remaining games here. All right. So they're at Florida Wednesday night, which they should win. Yeah, because it's probably a win without Castleton. So they're at they're then they go they have Auburn at home. Ooh, that's yeah. going to be a good game Saturday. Yeah, because Auburn can't get to the rim. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the last two games they host Vanderbilt. Ooh, Vandy's going to beat them. Okay, Sheway cannot. Defend. And then they finish at Arkansas. And they finish at Arkansas. Like so, let's let's give them this. What if they go? What if they go? They win tomorrow night. Okay, and they drop three straight to Auburn, Vandy, and Arkansas. They they'd still get in, and then they lose in the first round of the tournament. Still get in, so they could lose four straight and get in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I they, do. They, you do that and it might be playing in Dayton. And that's where Dayton would be like, sign us up. Well, bracketology has them right now. Has them playing in the eleven the eleven C play in game against North Carolina. They got on the first last four in right now. That's why I was asking. They have them. Bracketology has them as the last. You four don't in. think the committee would do that? Do you? Put Kentucky and North Carolina on a Tuesday night to start the tournament? No, they would never do something like that for TV. That's why North Carolina will get in. Somebody grind was at North Carolina. Have they did they win this weekend? No, NC State kicked their ass. So they still have zero wins in quad one. Is that correct? Let me look. And somehow they're still favored at home. North Carolina is forty eight in the net. Okay. They are zero and eight in quad one. Five and three in quad two, and then eleven and zero combined in quads three and four. They should not be in the tournament. I agree, but if they can get Kentucky and North Carolina on eleven and eleven play-in game, listen to the Nets in the in the Big Twelve: six, nine, twelve, fifteen, twenty, twenty-one, thirty-two, thirty-seven, fifty-four, sixty-one. Sixty-one is the lowest net in the Big Twelve. Who is that? Oklahoma. That beat Alabama at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scrubbed them. Hear that again. 6, 9, 12, 15, 20, 21, 32, 37, 54, 61. What's Oklahoma if they're in an SEC right now? Well, they're not as bad as they are, clearly. But yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. hard to say. Oklahoma only has three quad four games. Only only six quad three and four games combined. Porter Moser scheduled too heavily. Hardman said no one will watch UNC Kentucky. You won't even have a crowd. Shit. Bullshit. <laughs> Shit. Everybody, and let, and let me, everybody and let me tell you this. And let, me, let me tell you this. I've told people this. That's, I was stunned. People say, oh, that first four doesn't count as the NCAA tournament. It most certainly does. I, I covered Ole Miss yep. and who they played that night, BYU. Yes. And that place was rowdy. It was one of the most fun basketball environments I've ever been in. It was great. So, no, that's total bullshit. Do you it, know what's cool it about is it, a tournament. I was at Northwestern State. When they had the very first play-in game, my, my Northwestern State Demons won the first ever playoff play-in game. And dude, you want a game in the NCAA tournament, man? It's you, yep. build, you small schools build on that too. You know the 16 seeds playing each other. I think that's awesome. So I, here's the CUSA. Give them a chance to win it. We'll stop here. Here's the CUSA Nets. Ready? Yep. 22, 46, 66. What's our boy AK at? 66. 112, 113, 152, 159, 171, 190, 211, 303. Get you some of that. The Colonial Athletic Association, or whatever that is, their nets. 52, 91, 143, 145, 197, 225, 294, 300, 314, 320, 
353-352. You're bringing that to the SEC? Stop it. Yeah. This is why I'm mean, not getting on this topic right now, but if I'm in the room in the athletic building or whatever, or whatever they call it, we're at the old hospital, wherever they are. Man, I don't know about the whole mid-major thing. I got to have somebody who – I got to have somebody who understands the landscape that he's about to walk into. Who are you hiring? Well, it's easy for me to say this <laughs> because like, I don't – Is that softball to you? I don't have to go out. I don't go out in the community much. Nobody's – I don't know what it's like to have that hanging over you, right? Yep. I'd have to sit down with Chris Beard. Eye to eye, man to man, we would have to have a real conversation before I could do it or before I could not do it. Yeah. Now, for whatever reason, everybody around here hates Will Wade. I think it's the LSU thing. I I think that's stupid, but I'm not a fan, and I don't know what that emotion is like. You know what he can do? He win. He wins everywhere he goes. Do you know why? Because he knows how to get players. <laughs> it's almost as that makes a difference. But I'd have to... <laughs> I'd have to sit down with Chris Beard before I could move forward one way or the other. Yeah. Like a real, when I say sit down, I mean, I mean, sit down someplace private where nobody sees it. And we're having ourselves a man to man conversation. He's got to be honest with me. I got to, I got to know that I believe in that. And then obviously people are like, well, you have to put it in the contract. Well, no shit. Of course you have to put it in the contract. In all, it's in every contract. I mean, you know, he, I mean, it was in my there, contract. There's so much as one nine one one call. It's in every contract. Like but, even like shitty people like me, conduct is in every. Yeah, I contract. just I don't know. I, I got to know. Yeah. That's it. It's a you know I try to not let him emot- when you're starting to think about stuff like that. You try to put yourself in AD shoes. He is in Keith's in a no win situation when it comes because he could have let's say he could go have that conversation with Chris Beard and decide not to do it. It's not like he's going to publicize it that, oh, I hired this guy, but I went, hey, just so everybody knows, I went and had a conversation with Chris Beard. You know, well, if he's smart, it leaks out that he had that conversation. Yeah, but he's just n- – n- No. If he no. decides to do it, though, you're st- you know, you're he's going to have backlash regardless. You're going to take a beating if you decide to do it. Or you're, if he doesn't. Unless, unless you can let it kind of get out that, hey, look, we talked. I just didn't feel good about it. Okay. Now, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal, and this is the, I wrote this, and this is the, we'll stop here. Yep, because we got time to talk about this over the next two and a half weeks. Yep. <laughs> but if you don't hire him, and let's say Georgia Tech does, okay, mm-hmm. just we'll use them as an example, and you hire Dusty May, and three years from now, Chris Beard hadn't gotten in trouble. Who knows what? has or hasn't happened, but there hasn't been an arrest. There hasn't been a call. There hasn't been an incident. And they're getting ready to play a Sweet 16 game. And you're debating whether or not to make another change because you've had – you just went 5-13 and in the league. And you're getting ready to play on Wednesday night at the SEC tournament again. Yep. That point – here's the bottom line. At that point, you didn't do your job. You didn't do your job. This is not upward. <laughs> you don't get a blue star for hustle. You don't get to go, hey, well, you know what? We we got a team full of good kids. We, I, I tell you, I'm so proud of our guys. Because hey, hey, at no point on Selection Sunday, and I'm not, this, I'm not pissed off. I, I don't care. But I, I get tired of this conversation about what are we doing. 
<laughs> no point on Selection Sunday do you hear the committee guy go, you know what? We'll pick somebody out. Hofstra. How about St. Hofstra. Mary's? Hofstra at <laughs> 91. Well, uh, Jim, you know, they, they had 12 quad four wins, and they, they went one and two in quad one. They don't really have anything to hang their hat on. But I'm going to tell you what. Did you know they have three Eagle Scouts? Did you know that? Because we didn't, and we dug into their thing. Did you know that their coach, did you know that Coach Smith over there at Hofstra got the Man of the Year Award? Did you know that? Do you know who the basketball coach is at no Hofstra? Clue. No clue. Did you know that he and his wife have been to church 217 consecutive Sundays? Did you know that? So we put them in. We gave them an 11 seed. Give them a shot. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. So you're you're you're. Hey, it's Speedy Claxton, by the way. Okay, there you go. But you get my point. No, I do. They're not going to say, "Hey, Louisiana Tech's got a 152 net." But you know what? Those guys in Ruston. Did you see the fundraiser that those kids put together in Ruston? Did you see? I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was one of the most humanitarian efforts. We've, no, it doesn't happen. They go, "Hey, we, they won." Why did we? Why did they get in? Well, they had a lot of quad one wins. Had road wins, won twelve of their last fifteen, whatever. It's all they're going to use the word win, one win, winners, one win. That's what all you can hear over and over and over. Well, that ought to be a clue that that's all it's about. How many? Because this happens every single year, right? There's going to be somebody that's going to go all Cinderella and March Madness and get a job. How many of those really work out? I mean, some of them. But I mean, I think. Listen, here's the deal. Like, I, I've heard people go, "Well, you can't take." You can't take uh, Dusty May unless FAU wins, gets to the tournament. And I'm like, wait, hold up. What? Really? Okay, so let's just take him. You take let's him. just play that out. If, if you think he's good enough to be your coach. One game doesn't matter. And he happens to lose in the conference quarterfinals against UAB or North Texas or Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Okay. On a half court shot. Yeah. Some Jelly Walker for UAB just goes off. Yep. Happens all the time in the tournament, yep. right? So Jelly Walker goes for 46, and UAB beats you on a last-second three in overtime. And the committee goes, eh, F him. So now you're not hiring him because of Jelly Walker? <laughs> Why not just hire F and Jelly Walker at that point? <laughs> That's illogical. It drives me nuts. It does. It drives it, me nuts. It drives too. me crazy. If, if That's you, my argument about the March Madness shit. If you think... Dusty May is good enough to be your coach. What he does at FAU doesn't matter because you're, you're, he's not going to be FAU's coach if you hire him. It's what can he do at your place. And that's why, and if, and if you're like, well, I don't know. Well, then you don't need to do it. Every year in, in March Madness, and it'll happen again this year, there'll be some team that goes shoot 60% from three for about three, three straight games. Yes, yeah, somebody's going to get hot. They'll get hot. And they'll win, and everybody will see the TV when they're throwing the water in the locker room. Of course. Yeah. Like, I want that guy, but yeah. you don't realize that the guy went 15 and 14 in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. <laughs> and he made, the, he made the tournament, and now he's a great coach. Like, and that's why if whoever hires Chris Beard, yep. the, there is a two-day window to hire Chris Beard. <laughs> it, is, it is the Monday or Tuesday after Selection Sunday. You hire him. Because everybody or, – or you do it wait a week. Do it the Monday or Tuesday before the Sweet 16 kicks off because all those national guys that are going to be blowing you up and they're going to kill you for a day or two are going to switch to some Cinderella story. See, Because they're it. all going to be – because the way the tournament works, if you're a Thursday game, 
Thursday game, the media covering the Thursday game usually gets there on Tuesday night. Gotcha. Okay. Because they have the press stuff on Wednesday. So you do it where they're all distracted. Just do it. Whoever does it, whether it's Georgia Tech or or or, or I release it. I release it Thursday morning. You could do. I mean, that's <laughs> you could do that. Then you get no pub out of it. Maybe that's what you want. Yeah. But, but I mean, I look and with college basketball, there's every one of these big guys, like the guys that have won big beards included. They have guys that are sort of lackeys for them in the media. Yeah. Like I won't name the guy with with um, beard, but I can tell you who will write the sloppiest man man crush. He's a great guy. Story. I mean, it's coming. Yeah. Major major media outlet. It's coming. I can guarantee you're gonna. He, he'll be here for the press conference. Does he get a job this cycle? Yeah. Yeah. Someone's gonna hire him yeah, because but- someone's gonna look at it and go, you know what? What do we have to lose? All right, let me ask you one more question. We got to get out of here. Okay. You can get Will Wade or Chris Beard, and you're going to take lashing one way or another. But you've decided between those two. Who are you taking? Listen, and let's say this. I, I'm probably taking it. probably Wade, it's even old, though Beard's a better hey, coach. You're at Ole Miss. Let's put that because that's where we're having this conversation about anyway. Again, this is not a cop out. Yep. I can't answer that without being able to have the conversation. I would have to talk. All right. Let's say they both checked out. You had the conversation. Both of them checked probably out. Probably hired Beard. You'd hire Beard. Yep. And I look him in the eye and go. Nothing can happen. Nothing. Am I crazy to say I would hire Will Wade because of just getting talent? Well, they're both going to get talent. Yeah. Beard's a hell of a coach. Oh, yeah, dude. He's one everyone. He took Little Rock to the second round of the tournament. Texas he took Tech. Texas Tech to the final eight to the final. Yeah. Final two. Lost to Virginia. He can win the whole thing. Is he a better com- is he a better basketball coach, coach, X's and O's coach than Will Wade? Yeah. Listen, I talked to a coach nationally who is connected to a lot of these people, knows them, who said Beard's a top five coach inside coaching. Now, is he? I don't know. I'm not I'm not that guy. I don't know. Beats the hell out of me. It's what he said. <clears throat> but people, they both can get players. Wade's a hell of a good player getter. And look, you're at Ole Miss right now. Look, four of the last five years, you've been completely irrelevant. You go to the game right now, there's nobody on the court that's exciting. Nobody. There's nobody exciting on the floor. The product's there. That's all it is. It's just kind of there. Why not? Why not take a big swing? You're at the bottom of the ladder. We talked about this. Yep. You're at the top of the ladder and you fall, it hurts. You're at the bottom of the ladder and you fall. What's the work? You're going to skin your knee? You're going to have a sore bottom for a day because you landed kind of funny on one of your hips? Probably nothing. I mean, you're like... An infant walking around on the kitchen floor, right? They fall all the time. What happens? They get right back up because they land on their diapered bottom, and that's it. They fell two inches. You're there. You're an infant. You're just you're just on the bottom. You're not even on the ladder. You're just standing by the ladder, and the wind knocked you down. Not, you can't get hurt. All right, Will Wade and Chris Beard are off the table. They the the checkout didn't check out. Where are you going now? Do you do the do you do the group of five? I'm asking. Probably. Or do you go I'm get somebody? Probably trying to get see if Pat Kelsey would come because he's pretty good at marketing and maybe you could put together an SEC staff. It's probably I don't know. That's the problem is after that it's just a bunch of gambles. I mean I'd have to look I'd have to really study it and I've started to but. Yeah. 
for me, it all comes back to I can't do anything until I talk to Beard. And and I'd have to call people at the NCAA and the SEC and find out what they know about the situation with Wade. Like, is he going to get a show cause or not? Because if he is, you can't hire him. Well, the other thing, too, that's not being talked about with all this deal is the SEC has some inner policy issues with the Beard situation, too. They're going to. I guess going to have to get approved there, too. You would, but they wouldn't have a leg to stand on. on you'd be flagging. I know, but you'd be they they pick and choose their. They could discourage it. Yes, but they couldn't stop it. Yeah, and Texas is not yet in the league. Now, if Texas were in the league, mm, but they're not. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I'll tell you this: I'm told from people who know that Greg Sankey is has no real issue with Wade. I'm talking about more of that beard. Yeah. I'm told Greg Sankey blames LSU more than he blames Wade for the deal at LSU. So anyway, a lot of stuff. Hey, you getting? Are you? Uh, you got some people right here that are very excited and shocked that you were watching NASCAR. By the way, yeah, I watched. I mean, I watch a lot of stuff. I try to be prepared. I did. I did manage to win my head-to-head on DraftKings somehow. Oh boy! When I had four of my six drivers crash, but so did the other guys. So. I told you last year in in college baseball season, I. I guarantee you, this is not a slap at Chase at all. I guarantee you, I watched more college baseball than Chase did. <laughs> he watches one a lot. million percent. I watched more, no question. I would bet any amount of money on it because I mean, look, he had a right. He was covering one team. I, I, I'd, I had multiple TV screens and stuff on. I'd watch three games at once. We went, yeah, you know, I took the kids yesterday, and uh, the guy from Delaware, the first pitcher they had was cruising up there like 82 with, mm. with no movement. Not going to work. That thing was flat. Yeah, not going to work I, in this league. I saw the I saw him warming up, and I was like, man, that's flat. I looked over at my son, and before I could say anything, he goes, Dad, I think I could hit this guy. I said, well, we'll know real quick Yeah, is if, if this ball's moving or not because if he's throwing 82 and it doesn't move, it's not going to – sure enough, cacao, cacao, cacao. Yeah, it was back BP, practice. Yeah, yeah, it was BP for a while. So, yeah, it's uh, – the pitching is much better, I think, in college baseball right now than it's been in a long time. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to wrap there. Uh, yep, let's go. Brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. Thanks to them. 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolyte, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll talk about something. Maybe I have a guest. I'm not sure exactly what we're working on, but we're, we'll get some stuff to you. Uh, so until then, enjoy your week. Thanks for being with us. Talk to you soon. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.